Isaiah chapter number 1, verse number 10. Let's begin reading there this morning. The Bible said this. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? Now, think about this in your mind. This is God talking to the people. Notice what He says. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? Saith the Lord. He said, I'm full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. And I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. When ye come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? God says this to the people. Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I can not away with. It is iniquity. Get a hold of this. Even the solemn meeting. Mm. He says, Your new moons and your appointed feast, my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. This is God. The Bible said, When you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. God says this to His own people. Then He said this in verse 16. Listen now. Wash you. Make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. And He says learn to do well. Oh, we can learn lots of things. We can learn to do well. we got a choice. We can learn to do evil. Or we can learn to do well. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. God says, come down and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient. Did you hear that? If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Let's pray. Dear Lord, most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, I come to you this morning. And God, I need a touch from you. God, I pray this morning, Father, that you would help us, God, to get ready for revival. But God, I pray that you would help us to get ready in our lives, God, to live for you. Yes. Father, I pray, God, this day, this hour, Lord, that you would help us to get serious with you. Father God, we need to be a serious people. It doesn't mean that we can't smile. It doesn't mean that we can't have a good time. But God, we do need to get serious with you. Father, I pray that you help our hearts to be tender, to be receptive to the Word of God. Father, I love you. I thank you. Change our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing and be seated. I preach on this thought this morning. Posing as friends when really at enmity. Posing as friends when really at enmity. 
Now, by way of introduction, I want to give you a little history on the book of Isaiah. And then I'll try to deal with the context of our Scripture. And hopefully God will help you and I this morning to see where we're at with God. Amen. This morning, I want you to search your hearts. Amen. And and understand where you stand with God this morning. Not your neighbor. Amen. We can look at our neighbor and we can say, I know what they've done last week. Can we not? And we can look at our neighbor and we can say, well, I know this message is for them. And that's the wrong attitude to have. What we need to have this morning is we need to have the attitude that this message is for me. Amen. It's not for anybody else. This is to see where you stand with God. Why owe you where you and me stand with the Lord this morning. This is important stuff. Now, it's as we come to Isaiah this morning, it's this book, there's a lot that can be said about it. This is one of the most interesting books in your Word of God, in, in Nathan Jones's opinion, amen. One of the most interesting books in our Bible. It's in this book that we have a picture of the whole entire Word of God, amen. In this book this morning, uh, you'd see it has a total of 66 chapters in this book, amen. It's like our King James Bible has a total of 66 books in the Word of God. And another amazing thing about the book of Isaiah is this. In the first 39 chapters, they are like the first 39 books of our Bible. How, preacher, the first 39 books make up the Old Testament of our King James Bible, and they're like because they're filled with judgment upon sinners in the hands of a God who is angry because the people rebelled against God. Alright, Noah we know in the Old Testament had to build an ark. Amen? We've heard about that since we were children growing up. We know that Noah built an ark because judgment was coming. Noah preached for many, many years, 120 years, but nobody would listen to Noah and Nobody come in the ark, and then everybody that wouldn't listen had to drown. But God gave them, here's the thing God gave them 120 years to get right with God. And they said, No, we're not going to get right with you. And for that reason, they died. So we see that. And then it's also in the book of Isaiah that we see the last 27 chapters of the book as well. The message changes. Amen. And here it is. Uh, the message changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament as well. Now, in the New Testament, there's 27 books in it. And what those 27 books talk about is they show us the grace and mercy of God. Hallelujah, friend. It's the Word of God that's like the book of Isaiah. In the fact, we see the judgment of God the old. And how all the sacrifices for sin could never take away that sin. Then we see a man come on the scene. His name is Jesus Christ. He's meek and He's lowly and He's born in a manger. Amen. He is born conceived of the Spirit of God. And thank the Lord that He come. Because now there's been one sacrifice forever for all the sin of the world. And He's seated at the right hand of God. He died on the cross and He said, It is finished because the work has been complete. Ain't you glad this morning for the mercy and the grace found in the last 27 books of the written Word of God. God breathed on men as they pinned down what we've got in our Bible. Glory to God. We've got God breathed the Word of God. 
Amen. Yeah, I like the good old King James Bible, don't you? So we see that in the Old Testament, mankind had no hope. Amen. In the New Testament, through Christ, man has hope. Glory to God. Amen. Well, uh, we're going to a place called heaven if you're saved. And there's hope. If you're lost, there's hope. There's hope. Where's the hope at, preacher? The world's gone crazy. Yeah, but Christ has not changed. His mercy has not changed. His grace has not changed. He is sufficient for you to get to heaven. Oh, yes. Ain't that good. Man, I tell you what, I, I ain't even going to get the preaching message this morning, don't look like. But I'm telling you, it's good to know that you ain't got to go to hell. I like it, don't you? I like knowing that I'm going to heaven. Amen. The Bible said this. You can see Jesus Christ in Isaiah. Isaiah 7 and 14. Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us in the Word of God. God came to man in the form of a son. The Bible said Isaiah 50 and 6. I gave my back to the spiders and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. We have a picture of the God gospel of Jesus Christ as a sign to those Jews. Those Jews would not heed it. Amen. And if you don't heed it, you'll die and you'll go to hell. But there's good news. Jesus is still in the same business. And He's got the power and the might to take you out of hell and to get you to hell. Boy, that's good. Ain't it? That's good preaching if I preached it. Amen. So let's look here at the context of chapter number one. We're going to see a lot of things here in our text this morning that I want you to get in your mind. Now God is calling us all to come in and see the charge of God. Here in verse number one, verse number two, the Bible said this, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. They were kings at this time. The Bible says, hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. God is calling the earth to hear what He says in Isaiah chapter number 1. For the Lord has spoken. I have nourished up, I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The Bible plainly says here that God wants the world to hear. He says, listen to what I'm saying. So God wants them all to hear that the children of Israel rebelled against the very God who loved them enough to make them a nation and to make them a people. We see that. And then it's right here in our text. We can see that Isaiah is living in a time where there was tension between the people and with God. Are we not living in a day where there's tension between the people and with God? There's tension. In our day. Well, I don't like tension, do you? When there's tension between me and my wife, it's never a pleasant to be in the household. Does the Bible not say I'd rather dwell in a rooftop in a white house than a brawling woman? Amen. I know what that verse means. I shouldn't have even said that. 
Amen. So we see that. Let's read on. There's tension. The Bible said in verses 3 and 4, The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider, all sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. Oh my, they have forsaken the Lord. They provoke the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are going away backward. I've preached on this before, but God has shown me something different. But these people are backing up on God. God is still the same place He's always been. And these people are walking backward away from God. May I say to you today that we are walking backward instead of moving forward for God. Now, I know I've, I've got a lot to preach. i got a lot to preach. So uh, y'all amen this and I'll preach real fast and preach real good hopefully. So we see this. The Bible says this as well. Uh, in verses 5 through 6. Why should you be stricken anymore? God said, I'm done with you. That's sad. Why should you be stricken anymore? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. From the sole, the foot, even under the head. There's no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They've been closed, neither bound up. Neither mollified with oil. God got so fed up with His people. He says, I'm not even going to strike you anymore because it will not do any good. He says, you got wounds that are open that you won't cover up in verse 6. God is using that as their sin at this time. And He's saying they're open. The world can see it. And you don't even care. Mm. Well, there was a time when folks were ashamed to see it. Now, it's coming out everywhere. Nobody's ashamed anymore. At least Adam and Eve covered up their nakedness whenever they realized what happened. We're living in a day and time. Nobody covers up anything. Oh. Mm, there's a whole lot to be said. The world's not much different in our day. So the thing to remember about all this is that it was written to God's people. The children of of Israel. They're doing this to the God who loved them enough to take them out of the bondage in Egypt, but now they're turning their back on Him. They're watching their country go desolate and go down the drain. Listen, the Bible said this in Isaiah 1 and 8. Let's read verses 7 and 8. The Bible says, Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. They're seeing all this. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. And it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. This is where God had stamped His name. It's being ruined now. Why? Because the people were going away backward. We are living in a country today that is going away from God and the people is what's causing the problem. Amen. They're going away backward on God. Now, we can fix the problem. Let's move on. The Bible said in verse 9 through 13, Except the Lord of hosts had left us a, a, us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, we should have been like unto Gomorrah. 
Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I'm full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. I delight not the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. When you come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn even the solemn Now God said this: even the ones that are solemn, I cannot stand. Solemn means this. It means religiously serious. It means piously grave. It means devout. It means marked by reverence to God. He said, even the ones that reverence my name, I'm fed up with. That's serious. Imagine God coming to Mount New Baptist Church and saying, I'm fed up. Mm. I'd hate to have that report when you... So God wouldn't accept the ones who were saying they were dedicated to God. Mm. That reminds me of a Catholic church. Dedicated to God. Going to do all the works I can do. The priest is, a man preached this the other day, that's why it's fresh on my mind. The man that stands behind the, the pulpit is so anointed of God that nobody can touch him. Yep. And then he goes back into a room and nobody can see him because he's so anointed. Yeah. yeah. Hogwash. God said, I'm fed up. Amen. They can say it all they wanted to. They say, we love you, God. We love you, Lord. God says, I'm fed up with it. And I don't care how much we might say that we're independent, fundamental Baptists. Sometimes we're independent, fundamental, judgmental Baptists. And what we need to do is we need to focus on God. That's what's happening in our text. I'm not trying to preach a message. So let's get to verse 16. Listen, here's what God says He wants to do about it. Verse 16, wash you. And make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings for, from before mine eyes. Now, I hear this preached a lot that God can't look at sin. But it's sin right here in the Word of God. So he's not blind and dumb to sin. He looks and sees. Amen. And this is God's people that are doing this in front of God's eyes. And what we need to do in our day, if we want to have meeting, we need to get cleaned up. Say, preacher, I don't like that. Well, I don't either. But it's kind of like cough medicine. I don't like it either. But boy, once I finally get it down, it sure helps. Amen. God's given me three things that I see. Number one, I see a people that's nourished. Number two, I see a people that's rebellious. And number three, I see a people that's fake. Mm. Let's get in the Word of God this morning. Let's look, number one, at a people that is nourished. The Bible says in verse 1, verse number 2, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, king of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. Now, in our text, we see that it's God that had nourished up and brought up children just like He's brought up you and me this morning. Am I right? Now, our mothers had... Maybe I do have our mothers study message after all. And our mothers brought us up, they raised us up, and they nurtured us. Now, if you had been brought up and raised up and nurtured, we all thank God, number one. Our mothers, number 
Amen. But listen to me. We wouldn't have a mother if it wasn't for the Lord. So, if you're sitting on the sound of my voice, God got you here this morning. Amen. It's Him uh, that has blessed you and I to be able to live. I want you to take a breath this morning. Just breathe in at one time. Go ahead. It'll be all right. You can breathe, can't you? God gives you that. You know what? Every time we breathe, I believe we praise Him. Because it's showing that God gives us life. Now here's the children of Israel. God has nourished them up. He's nourished you and I when we have a need. He's fed you and me. Yeah. He's fed us. He's took care of us. He's allowed us to live in America this morning. And you and I are blessed to live where we live this morning. You and I get to come to the house of God. Worship God as we see fit in our conscience as according to the Word of God. We still have the right to say one nation under God in the visible and liberty and justice for all. Hey, we, we don't have to go underground and worship. Ain't you glad of that? Amen. It's still a good country. We get to worship God that saved you and I from a devil's hell. If you so wish we have the freedom to lift up our hands and to praise His name for all He's done, we have the, uh, the right uh, to stand up and say that sin's still wrong and God's still right. We've still got the freedom. Amen. And I'm glad of that. I'm glad some men got a constitution together one day. Ain't you to protect our God-given rights. So, if it were not for God, though... We wouldn't have none of that. If it were not for God, we wouldn't be alive. We would not have the breath we're allowed to take. We'd be in hell this morning getting what we deserve. But thank God, God had enough grace for us on our lives. He's nourished us up, buddy. He's done great things for us. Gave me and my wife a little girl. We didn't think was even going to get to be here. And out she come. Right after we prayed. And you know what God showed me if I'd have prayed before, and she'd probably been just fine to start with. But I'm done. We didn't deserve a thing that God's given us this morning. Listen, we get to serve Him. A lot of people wake up with this attitude. I've got to go to church today. Oh, you can't go to church today. It is still a God-given right in America that we can't to go to the house of God. We get to. I'm looking forward to coming about five days next week. Amen. But it's God who's nursed up children in our tanks. It's God that's nursed us up in the land that we're living. And we ought to thank Him and praise Him every chance we get. I've got food on my table, can't you tell? I've got a good place to sleep. And it's Jesus who's done the providing. He's raised us and nursed us up, lifted us out of the bondage and slavery of sin. Amen. But the thing that the children of Israel done is they did not appreciate the Lord. That's where we're at. You can straighten your halo up after service is done. I know how we are. I preached on this Wednesday night a little bit, but we've got our mindset on everything else except for the God who's nourished us and raised the sun. I mean, friend, we get busy, do we not? Through the week, ladies are cooking, throwing something on the soap for supper, and they're trying to hurry. Then we get home late for man. Amen. That was a that was cold stab, wasn't it? <laughs> Amen. They get we get home late, but they're rushing around. You know, Sunday morning we're rushing around. I 
We get to go. We get to go to church. And then, come Monday, alarm clock rolls off. Last thing on our minds, God. Oh, we got to go to work this morning. Here we go again. Boy, the back, the back starts popping and cracking for some of the older folks. And, and you look in the mirror and the, the wrinkles are coming in. And the last thing on our minds, Lord. He's nourished us up. Given us what we've got. Friend, listen at this. Uh, uh, they're moving farther and farther away from God. He's blessed us. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, 24 through 26. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's, the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Let's switch gears. Some of us don't think about God because we're too busy living in sin. There's pleasure in sin for season, for this flesh, for this flesh. We can please the flesh, but after the season comes the destruction. And be destroyed is what a lot of people are going to be. Because instead of living for the God that has nursed them up, Instead of living for the God who's gave them the very breath that they have, they're living to please their flesh while God is crying out like He is in our text for them to come to Him. If you're here and if you're living in sin right now, why don't you just come to Him? Just come to Him. He a preacher, I like this. Let me tell you something. We're sinners, ain't we? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, little bitty things in life can become a sin in our life. Anything we put before God is a sin in our life. We've all put something before God, I'm sure. So, sometimes, we just have to get clean. Don't we? Well, anyhow, the people of the world are doing that. Well, so is the church. The Bible said in John 2 and 16, make not my father's house and house merchandise. Now, there are many churches today and the things they're worried about getting is not more of God, but more of stuff. Amen. We can have a beautiful building and we've got one. We can have a great place to worship in, but the thing we forget sometimes is we are not here to worship the building. We are here to worship the God of the building. He gives to us all. We're here to worship Him. Now, has God not nourished up the church of our day? Nice bathrooms. How many of you are glad we ain't got to go outside and go to the bathroom? Amen. God done that. God done that. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I can imagine some of you ladies not having running water in the sink. And us men, some of us men too. I like having running water. God has provided. But lots of times in his provisions for the church, the thing we'll do is get our eyes off of him, get our eyes on the things we've got. You know why we've become so spoiled? God has spoiled us rotten, and we're like a child. The more you spoil it, the more it wants. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Our little girl, the other day we was at the store. I, I'm never going to get this done. I don't see it. We was at the store the other day. And those Lego sets, them things are expensive. And she said, Daddy, I want this one. I said, well, honey, you've got $20. Most of you have $20. dollars i buy you most letters. <laughs> and and uh, Mama was in the car, and we always talk about stuff. And I told her no. I said, you can't have it. She said, 
Pete, I don't eat it. It's bigger than one sort of start with. And you know what happened? Papa and Mima had come in the store before. And Miss Marie was being mad when Papa came in at one time. And she, we were mad. She, she was getting in trouble. She wasn't getting nothing. Oh, Papa, she, she slipped her him right in. But you know what? The next time she wanted a bigger one. Now this time, you watch and see. She said, I want that big one. Well, give me, give me, give me. Walt, 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 ain't we? Amen. It doesn't matter what's in the bank account at a church. It don't matter how many programs that we've got. It don't matter how much we've been given. What matters is that God is in the building when we come in. And guess who's going to bring it in? Us. Us. I don't know why I said all that. There's places nourished up with things. They've left out the Word of God. Got new versions in. Listen to me. We don't need anything new. God said, if any man take away, I, I'm not quoting this right, if any man take away the words of this book, cast them away fire. That's pretty serious. We don't need anything new. And a lot of churches today, he is knocking on the door. And he's standing on the outside of the church and God is walking in, but they're nursed up with things and they're nursed up with all kinds of programs and God is on the outside and he said, hey, this is where I've chosen to put my name. I want to come in and suck with you. I want to come in, but you ain't got no room for me. Well, that's sad. You know, I better be thankful for what we have right here. The church of our days increased with goods. We got air in the summer. I'm glad. Got heat in the winter. We ought to thank God for that. But most of all, we ought to thank Him for showing up. Amen. I had a call this week. And this, this is what it's all about. I don't get to share stuff with the church much. I'm not going to get no priest. That's too much liberty. I don't get to share much with you. A lady from a church called me. I had preached on social media a little bit. I'm not against it. I got it too. But... Here's what she said. She said, I'm cutting my social media off because I want to get closer to God. If one person gets to read their Bible more on the subject of sin, amen. Glory to God. I don't get to say it, I don't get to tell this much either. Somebody, a couple people have asked this week, I want to know how to tithe. Glory to God. Let's be unto Him. Hey, you know what's happening? Folks are getting hold. Folks are getting help. They want to get closer to God. That's what it's about, friend. The state of the church of our day concerns me, though. It ought to concern us all. He's nourished us up so much. We've been blessed by God that even in our blessings, we forgot to thank Him. Forgot to thank Him. Friend, devices are killing us. Folks are walking around like zombies. My pastor watched a man... Walk around on his phone, walk right into the glass of a place because he's looking at his phone. And he says, I laughed. He said, What do you And uh, that's where we're at. Well, you hear me? God's nurses up, blessed us beyond measure. We're going away backward. God wants us to move forward. Hey, I just want to ask you this question. If God come down and says, You're going away backward, would we even care? God come down from heaven. We know it's not going to until he comes back to get his bride. He's going to step out, not touch it, not touch earth. He's going to step out. But what if he were to come? 
He said, I got some things against you. You're going way backward when you should be going forward. Will we even care? Will we even care? That's what's happening in our text. This was a people God was blessed in a mighty way. Took no thought of the God that was blessed them. How many times do we stop and thank God for all the times He's blessed us? So we see in earth people, and that's what we are. We're fed, we're supplied. Hey, clothes on our backs, shoes on our feet. I'm thankful to see people in clothes this morning because we saw some stuff on the rack the other day. And I'm telling you, if I catch one of you hat, I'm probably going to church in. I mean, a shirt come up to here. What is that? Looks like a piece of cloth. Just get you a rag if that's what you're going to wear. Listen, we see a nurse people. Now look number two of the people is rebellious. A rebellious people. The Bible says in verses 2 to 4, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nursed and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. All sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. God nursed up this people, and they forgot about Him, and and now they're rebelling on him. You and I have got a government that's rebelling against God. The government plainly says that it's okay to kill babies. The Bible says thou shalt not kill. And we know from God's word that that baby's alive from the moment before it is even conceived. The Bible said in Jeremiah 1 and 5, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet of the nation. God was telling Jeremiah, I knew you and sanctified you before you were even thought of. Amen. Before you were formed in the belly. So fully on all this mess. Amen. Let me tell you something. Each and every one of you in here is fearfully and wonderfully made and God has a purpose for you. Amen. God made you. God created you to be something for Him in your life. And that's exactly what he's done with these babies and the ones that the ones that are saying kill them is the ones already alive. I ain't gonna back up on that. So that's not for us to do. God says he give it and take it away. That's God's business. You talk about rebellion. There are people who say it's my life and I'll live it however I want to. Heard people say this. God will understand. God knows my heart. He'll understand. Listen. God understands that what you're doing when you say the Lord knows my heart is that you're just doing what God don't want you to do. God's right. We're wrong. Right? Friend, listen. There are people that are living... And instead of worshiping the God that gave them life, they'd rather worship themselves. Sad world. This thing's about to wrap up. The people of this world are rebellious. The children that are being raised in our day or whatever you want to call it, the children are rebellious. I wasn't going to give this story, but I believe I will. You parents, please listen to me. It's okay to whoop your child. You better not beat him. But it's okay to whoop him. Here's why. 
we sat behind a we sat behind a, a nice couple last night. And I was taking my wife out from other dinner restaurant. There's a little boy behind us. And here's what he kept doing. Now, this wasn't a child's fault. He was probably, what, four? If that, if that. He didn't know no better. He didn't even call. He had a car. And I was, you know, I was friendly with him. And he'd throw that car down my seat. And he was turned around. So we had seats like this. He's turned around the whole time. We was trying to eat. And he threw his car down. Just laughing. He's being a boy. Amen. He's being a boy. And I pick it up. I said, Did you lose your car? He grinned at me real big. I handed it to him. I'm going to look at him. Sit down. That's all she does. That's all she did. And then next thing you know, he's got his roll over my shoulder. And he's dropped his roll in the seat. And I think, Boy, you're going to have to help me. I'm just being honest. I'm being honest. Being honest. You do the same thing if it were you. Lord, you're going to have to help me. And I picked that roll up and he said, I'm going to eat it. I said, you can't eat that, buddy. It's, it's bell on this seat. They ain't going to tell him what's been here. I'm going to eat it. I said, you can't eat it. I rolled it through my napkin. But the whole time, they were there. Listen to me. I'm, I'm dealing with this as, as nicely as I can, politely as I can. If we don't get older children, I've seen this firsthand. Then they grow up to be teenagers and they will be boss. Please hear me. I, I, I mean this with all respect. I am not harping. <coughs> Listen to me. The Bible says this in Proverbs 13 24. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. The Bible says if you love your children, you'll whoop them. Now, I don't like to whoop them. But sometimes she needs a good old-fashioned belt-loop booty. That's all right. And as she looked at that kid last night, and the kid got up, God let me use this. I told her, Serena, and that is why we whooped you. She said, I love Daddy. I love you. Hey, man, at least she knows. Hey, the Bible said if you love your children, you're a woman. That don't mean we're to beat them. That means we can get that piece of skin on their backside and give them a little whooping every now and again. Hey, we've got rebellious children because we got rebellious parents. Man, I'm preaching my heart. They're rebelling against God this morning because God's Word says to get a hold of them before they get a hold of you. We have got children... Running the household Amen. in our day. Yes, I don't have to ask my little girl if it's okay if I go somewhere. I say, get your clothes on. Let's go. Amen. I'm not being mean. This is God's. This is the way God ordained it. Listen, this is for the children now. Ephesians 6 and 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Colossians 3 and 20. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. You tell me where the Bible says that the young'uns are to boss the parents, and I'll lay you a hundred-dollar bill down when I find one, and I'll give it to you right now. It don't say that. Here's the thing. Man, I, I'm going way past time. Here's the thing. If we don't teach them to respect us, how do they ever going to respect God? I want to see our little girl get saved. But if she doesn't ever respect authority in her life, how is she going to respect the authority of God in her life? 
That's the importance of it all. See, this is a God-given book. It's all about Him. And He's gave us exactly how we're to live and how we're to do things. Alright, so that being said, they're rebellious. Oh boy, I'm preaching good, ain't I? We've become a rebellious generation against God and everybody wants to point their finger at the next generation. Oh, that young generation. I've heard it my whole life. I have. Mama knows I have. I've heard it my whole life. Here's the thing. If we don't teach the next generation how to live for God, how are they going to know that? Amen. We've got to teach them. We've got to show them. You know what you show them when you come on Sunday morning? You show them God is important in your life. And then when you come on Wednesday night, shows you getting real serious. See? Yeah. You might even fit in with one of them Bible thumpers if you keep on doing that. Go ahead. It'll be all right. God's right. We were all, if the Bible says it, the Bible's right. Amen. The Bible says for you teens. Man, I am not preaching good at all. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 7 and 1, Now concerning the things wherever you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Yeah. Let me tell you something. God's got it in His Word. They'd be less fornication if there was no touching. You can't have fornication without touching them right. Amen. It's important. It's important. God's Word is important. You can look at me like that if you want to. But we've looked in places God's told us not to look. We've heard things God's told us not to hear. And we are rebelling against God. Amen. See, we're not right. We, we get our halos on and we think, boy, I'm doing pretty good today. Well, I'm doing good. Okay. We're all in this thing together. Have you ever seen such a day we've rebelled against God? Watch things on TV we know we ought not to watch and think we're getting away with something. Preacher, how do you know? I honor one of you. That's what I say. How do you know? Boy, we sit back and wonder what's going on in the world today. We take our fingers and we point the blame right here. Right where it hurts. And pointed at ourselves. Boy, I got so much to say. We've rebelled against God. Revival's coming up. We can have revival if we want it. God will send it if we clean up. See, I would love to have a meeting we could look back and say, man, look what God done. But we can't come in with sin in our lives, sin in our hearts, and expect God to do something big. God don't bless sin. Number three. A people that's faking. I want to give you this real quick. The Bible said in verse 11 through 15, To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I'm full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. I like not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. When you come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my cords? Bring no more vain oblations, incenses, and abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hateth. They are troubling to me. I am weary to bear them. And when you spread forth your hands, I'll hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. You know what God's saying? If your life's full of sin, He's not going to hear your prayer. 
Here's his people in our text. The thing they were doing, they're going through the motions of it all. Now listen. The thing that we see is God was not accepting other offerings. Their hands were full of blood. In other words, they were doing the right thing. They were at the right place. But as right as what it looked like on the outside, something was wrong on the inside. They were offering up the offerings. They were supposed to do that. They were in the temple where God wanted to be. But something on the inside was wrong. Now, a man of God can put a suit on every Sunday morning and preach you the Word of God. But if something's wrong on the inside, something will be wrong with God. We can dress up. We can come to church. We can look good. We can feel good about ourselves. But all while something can be wrong on the inside. You hear me? That word vain means this. Empty. Worthless. Having no substance. Value of importance. What's going on in our day? The church house is full of a bunch of people going through the motions. That's rough, ain't it? They come because it makes them feel good. Come because, well, it's the right thing to do. What do you come for? Come for Him. Come for Him. See, it looks good when your neighbors see you drive to church, but... What's your motive behind church? What's your point? Point is, I'll be for His glory, for His honor. Listen to me. They come to church, makes them feel good. They come because they know it's right. They come to please themselves. They come in and they go out. Some drag race. Some drag in. And some break out. Amen. Drag race Christians. Amen. The book of Psalms gives us a description of this. Uh, the Bible says in Psalms 62 and 4, they only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. There are times we curse God inwardly because our hearts are not right when we come into God's house. We go through the motions. We get to the place that it all just becomes routine. It's just something that we do and our motives get wrong. And we might our mind have the best of intentions. But in our heart, it's not truly where it used to be. God has preached me on the heart for about a month now. And right here it is. It's like they were saying, God, we're doing this. God, we're here. God, we've showed up. How many of you heard that? How are you today? I'm here. What a blessing that is. Oh, preacher, I'm, I'm here. Man, was it that hard? <laughs> hey, we got the wrong motive. He said, it's empty. God said, it's empty. And I'm not accepted. He said, what I want you to do. He said, I want you to put some heart into it. He said, I want you to give your all. I want you to stop playing church. I want you to come to me with your whole heart. I'm very afraid there are many people playing church and it can happen to the best of us. We can get in a routine, in a spiritual rut, and what it all boils down to is sin in our lives. Uh Uh-oh. 
Now, we see that what they're doing is in vain. They're coming to God. They were coming in the wrong way. It's like God was saying, now, boys, let's fix the emptiness and the vainness that you're bringing to me. And here's how I want you to do it. Get a hold of this. In verses 16 through 17, God gives us the recipe on how to get fixed up with what we're doing. He said, wash you. Mm, how are we going to do that? The washing of the water of the Word. Her man made this great statement this week. He said, when you open up your Bible, he said, you're reading God, God's reading you. That was one of the greatest statements I've ever heard. We get to our Bible and here's, here's what we do. We read about sin. Oh, my neighbor's going to hell. How do you know? Good. Guilty. Oh, I know who this would be good to read to. Yeah. How about read it to ourselves? And let God read us. And as He reads us, we get in here and God begin to point out things in our life. Ooh, that hurt. Man, who sits on my toes? It's getting up my legs and into my heart. And I've got to get it out so. I'm getting right with God. Say, He said, wash you. Make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings. Not continue living in them. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. The reason God would not accept their offering is because they were not cleaned up on the inside. Hey, hear me. You can come to church all you want to. Wear your Sunday best. But if something's wrong on the inside, then something is not going to be right in God's house. You'll quench the Spirit of God. He accepted us in the Beloved the day we got saved. But what if God were to come from heaven right now, look at you and say, what you're doing's empty. What you're doing's in vain. But I've got a recipe. Wash you. Clean up. You know what that takes? Swallow that big old lump of pride and get it down there real good and just say, God, this is Takes. And right here's an old fashioned altar. Come and lay it at his feet. And then the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Amen. He is faithful. Listen to me. Boy, I like that. You can lay your sin down at the feet of Jesus this morning and he'll take you away. He's faithful and he's just. Boy, come to God's house doing it wrong. It's where we can get help from, ain't it? Where we come to pray, if we're not careful, the thing we'll find out is lots of times we come in before God in vain because our hearts and our lives and our thoughts are not what they are supposed to be on. Now, get a hold of this. This people's doing their best or what they thought was their best. God says, boys, you need to clean up. When you do that, I'll accept your offering. It's then you get your heart right with me. It's then I'll hear from heaven again. It's then I'll answer your prayer again. I, and I'll come into a work in your life so great that all you can do is look and say that God's been good. Sometimes what causes us to be empty on God is what's unclean in our lives. He says, I've not left you. You left me. Why don't you clean up? Have that right relationship. Hey, how long's it been since you felt God right, felt God right, beside, you, right beside your side? I ain't saved on feelings, but I can sure feel Him. And sometimes in the world, we just get unclean. Do we not? 
You and I are kind of like a, a long-haired animal. I know all of you like animals. Just think about that long-haired animal. If he gets into the woods, he's going to get everything in the woods on his fur. See not? Now you and I get out in the world, and at, at where you work, I may play unclean music. What well, sticks to you, coat? Sticks to you. Uh, you get out in the world, and you got this uh, unclean movies or a dirty joke somebody at work said. All that's clinging to you. A whole week, and it's on your mind. Whether you realize it or not, it's on your mind. And it's there. And so, you're just like that animal, as it walked through the woods, it's got birds on it. Got all kinds of stuff. Looks nasty. I've seen animals long hair like that. Just looks awful till you shear them up, clean them up. Is that not how we are? We get out in the world until we get that mess cleaned up. God's going to cry out and He's going to say, you know what? What you're doing is empty. What you're doing is in vain. He said, why don't you get cleaned up and come to me and see what God can do. Amen. Maybe you're here this morning and say, preacher, my heart ain't been in it in a while. I'm closing up. My heart ain't been in it in a while. I've been going through the motions. Don't you get tired of that? Don't you get tired of getting cold and dried up on God? God can fix it. Call out to Him. Maybe you're tired of just going through the motions. You say, preacher, I'm going to get cleaned up today with God. I'm going to get things right because I don't want God to ever have to tell me that what I'm doing is in vain. Well, God's tired of empty worship. Tired of it. He spewed the Laodicean church out of His mouth for it. Empty worship. And we're living in a day where people have no heart after God. He's tired of it. Let me ask you a question. God's not want me to hush this morning. Let me ask you a question. If you ladies fix a big supper, and you're getting ready for all the family to come over, and you're excited. Man, I've slaved all day. I've worked all day. And you come in, and all your company looks, looks all right. Smack. That's exactly right. Here God is in heaven. He has sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us on the cross, left a meal from the Word of God for us every Sunday, every Wednesday night, and we come here and say, that's all right. Oh, we need to get our hearts all in. What if God had a halfway sent His Son? Just halfway done. And you were halfway saved. I know we ain't. I'm just saying, what if? That wouldn't do us no good. And yet we come to church halfway in, halfway in, halfway with one foot in the world, halfway with the other foot in the church, and expect God to do something. Oh, oh. How's your heart this morning? How's your heart? Has your worship been empty? Are you coming to church for the right reasons? Is your heart really in this thing? Or have you done it in vain? I'm done, but why don't you get cleaned up with God? God, my heart's not been in it. It can start today. It can start today. Let's all stand. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. I'm done.